0: Hello, everyone. My name is Devin, and this is Deviance, a true crime podcast. Uh, Please excuse my absence the past few weeks. I did tweet out that I was going to be gone for a minute, but I have a new episode for you right now that is. fucking insane. It's like my favorite true crime case of all time. And today I'm being joined by two very special guests. I'm being joined by my roommate and good friend, Owen.
1: Hello. Say
0: hi, Owen. Hello. And my boyfriend, who is also my good friend, hopefully, Blake.
2: We're more than friends, but yes, that's me. <laughs> oh, I thought we were just
0: friends. Um, <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the one and only the infamous Ed Gein. Now, Ed Gein was the inspiration for a lot of different movies, such as Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Silence of the Lambs. Basically, the characters Hannibal Lecter and Leatherface were directly inspired by Ed Gein. Um, And this is like, it was one of the most influential cases in American true crime history, but I never hear anyone talking about it. It's kind of insane. Have y'all Blake, I know that you've heard of Ed Gein because I made you listen to other podcasts about him, but Owen, you've never even heard of him.
1: I did not know who Ed Gein was before you started talking about him, honestly.
0: Like a few days ago.
1: I, I, I honestly had no fucking clue who this person was. I had heard of, like, Ted Bundy mm-hmm. and, like, you know, your other, your other big names, your other, your other basic white male names, your yeah. Charles... BZK. Your Jeffries. The you Bed Bundies. Yeah, the Bed Bundies, the, <laughs> oh. the Beffrey Bombers, you know. I hadn't I had not I honestly to God I had never heard of this person before you started talking about him.
0: Which is crazy to me. And that's he's just the fact that he was so influential, like his crimes were so well known across the entire United States. To be fair, they happened a long time ago, which might be why he's less well known, I guess. Yeah, sure. But like, I don't know. It's fucking insane to me. But yeah, I'm just really excited to talk about it. So let's just kind of get into it.
1: Yeah, I don't know a shit about this guy, so please enlighten me.
0: (laughs) So, in order to truly set the scene for, like, the environment in which Ed Gein was born into, Mm -hmm. we need to go way back to August 4th, 1873, when Ed's father, George Philip Gein, was born. Uh, He was born and raised in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. uh, And he pretty much started experiencing hardship, like, right out of the womb. Like, just his life was garbage immediately when he entered the world.
1: Yeah. (laughs) As you do being a Wisconsin boy in the late 20th century. Yeah,
0: honestly. (laughs) Wisconsin in the late 1800s was probably not the place you wanted to be. 1800s? 1873 was when Ed Gein's father was born. Uh, Oh, Ed
1: Gein's father. I was like, holy Ed Gein's father. 1873. Okay.
0: Um... When George was three years old, his entire family was killed during a flash flood on the Mississippi River. <laughs> yes, his whole Idiot. fucking family Holy was dying. killed uh, in a flash flood, and it was because they were on the they were near the Mississippi River. Obviously, they were in Wisconsin, and they were basically just going into the nearest town on a wagon to run an errand because that's what you had to do to run an errand in 1876 or whatever, and. Before they knew it, it started raining, and the water just started getting higher, and they just fucking drowned. (laughs) Like, they just drowned. They just did. Like, it was his mother, his father, and his older sister. Yeah. And so he was orphaned, unfortunately, and was then, he went to go live with his grandparents, who were these strict disciplinary and Scottish immigrants. Mm. Catholic. I'm actually not sure. No, okay. Lutheran. I'm sorry. Oh, they oh, were worse. Worse. even worse. Way, Way worse. worse. Oh. They were Lutheran, <laughs>
2: Gross. and
0: um, in in my eyes, I mean, that's kind of like Mother Nature just desperately trying to take out the Gene family. Yeah, like, like before know. all of this horrible shit it's like happened. These
1: bitches are gonna cause nothing. They to were.
0: Trouble. S- she was so close. <laughs> so close. Took out the wrong Gene. Uh, <laughs> the wrong Gene. Close. Close. Though. We
2: won't be sitting here today.
0: We would not. We would not be sitting here today if Mother Nature had drowned little George Geen. We would just wouldn't. If he had died in that else. in that flash flood yeah, like we're his talking family.
1: About, yeah, we talk about some loser like Jeffrey Dahmer.
0: Yeah, what thing. a pussy. Yeah, Jeffrey
1: Dahmer's a pussy. Um,
2: <laughs> no,
0: he's actually very terrifying. Very
2: terrifying individual.
0: Um, okay, so George's whole family dying pretty much just kind of set the tone for the rest of his life, mm. as that tends to do, um, and he grew up to be basically just an aggressively lazy drunk who was, quote, prone to huge bouts of anger and self-pity. And honestly, there's really not much else to be said about George Gein, and I'm guessing that's because of a few reasons. Uh, One, he was alive in the late 1800s and early 1900s, where thorough and constant documentation of individual lives wasn't really a thing until about 100 years later. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two, there was no way for anyone to really know that the son that he was gonna bring into the world was gonna become one killer. of the most <laughs> like <laughs> notorious serial killers in all of American history. The
1: Antichrist. Yeah,
0: exactly. So there was no need to really, you know, to document his horrific and boring life.
1: Ancestry.com hadn't launched yet.
0: No, they had not. The Mormons didn't
1: get to that. Yet. They didn't. <laughs> the Mormons um, control that? Yeah, the Mormons run Ancestry.com. Holy
2: yeah. shit, that's kinda cool, is. actually.
0: And three as we'll we'll get into this a little bit later but he never amounted to anything in his entire life whatsoever he was a miserable drunken asshole with no family other than the sad excuse for one that he brought into the world in his adulthood yeah like he was just one of the biggest fucking losers on planet earth honestly (laughs) um And speaking of the family that George... What'd you say?
2: I said big mood.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of the family that George created, um, let's talk about his wife for a minute, a.k.a. every man's dream woman, Augusta Wilhelm Gein. Mm. Uh, Augusta was born in Wisconsin as well. She and George were both born and raised in Wisconsin. On July 29th, 1878... And all that's really known about her childhood is that her parents were German immigrants who were very much, they very much, they very much lived by the phrase, to spare the rod is to spoil the child.
1: Mm. Okay. And Good motto.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, her about. father was, like, incredibly strict and abusive and domineering, and Augusta absolutely idolized him. And honestly, she kind of reminds me of Angela, from the office, if yeah. Angela were three hundred pounds and born in 1878,
1: Jesus what are you doing? Christ. <laughs> Wow, come on! <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry. sorry.
0: Yeah, don't get on your phone. It's a habit.
2: Um, I'm trying not to.
0: Put that but right real quick. <laughs> yeah, put it in your pocket or something. Put
2: that there in yeah. case I have to have an emergency. Yeah. Oh, call. disclaimer: we're pretty fucked up right now. Just I'm really drunk. Yeah, really really Blake,
0: Blake and Owen have been drinking all fucking day. Not all day
1: for the last like couple hours. Okay, I mean it's like you know three. It's
0: six p.m. <laughs>
2: no, it's three p.m.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. It is five forty-five p.m. Your <laughs> oh, laptop is wrong. My laptop is wrong. Is wrong. It oh, is no five my. forty-five <laughs> p.m. <laughs> And <laughs> they've been drinking since about one p.m. Yeah, we
1: drank half a bottle of Smirnoff already, so it's been pretty good. Yeah, we're pretty yeah, it's up.
0: fucking ridiculous. Can't wait to have more. Um, <laughs> oh sorry. So, in her adulthood, Augusta was described as quote fanatically religious. Yeah. Uh, she was heavily influenced by the Bible's Old Testament, uh, which good. directly contributed to her extremely misogynistic beliefs, a- which absolutely. were. That all women, other than herself, of course, were whores and harlots and should be treated with hatred and disdain by the men around them. Um, She was basically just, you know, your classic Bible-thumping, God-fearing, small-town evangelical evangelical Lutheran.
1: Amen. Um, Average Texas Republican.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Except it was in Wisconsin, and (laughs) it was in the late 1800s.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) She uh, definitely followed in her father's footsteps. And the, genera- the generational patterns here are super fucking fascinating. Yeah. Just the dynamic between Augusta and her father, and then the future dynamic between Ed and his mother.
1: Hey, like father like daughter, like mother like son. <laughs>
0: Gross. As they say. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they don't say that at all. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <that> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. So outside of her, like, just her ideologies, Augusta was described as a, quote, a handsome woman. Mm. Not pretty, but she was handsome.
2: A
1: handsome woman.
0: She was a handsome woman. She wasn't pretty, she was handsome.
1: She's like a man. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. Uh, she was over 300 pounds.
1: Jesus Christ, that's a handsome man right
0: there. Had a... German accent oh fuck yeah and that honestly all of these things made her that much more terrifying
2: I won't put my dick in her honestly
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like I said Shit. every man's dream woman over 300 pounds thick German accent incredibly self-assured in every single one of her beliefs she was fucking fantastic I am in love with Augusta Augusta is Augusta. fucking amazing. Augusta,
2: Augusta. not Augusta.
0: Augusta,
2: you better be yelling that.
0: So somehow, by the grace of God, yeah. George and Augusta found each other, and apparently Augusta was obsessed with George purely because he was like he was a weak-willed and quiet kind of guy, and she knew that the perfect husband for her would be the one that she could bend and break at her will, right? She wanted to be able to snap his spine Mm -hmm. whenever she wanted. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's all it takes in, like, 1899 Wisconsin. And honestly, probably 2019 Wisconsin, too, if we're being real. But... Yeah, and then the two of them got married on December 4th, 1899, which I'm sure wasn't a totally bleak affair or anything. <laughs> I'm sure that was real fucking fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, and although I wish I could say they lived happily ever after, it was anything but.
2: It's oh, uh, not perfect for each other. Mm. They
0: were, in a way, perfect yeah. for each other. Right. So, because George was a frequently unemployed alcoholic, Um, And Augusta was a staunch evangelical who was stone-cold sober from the day she was born to the day she died. Augusta absolutely despised George, and she believed that sex was a vile and despicable act that should only be used for procreation between a married couple, and even then it was not to be enjoyed. And Ed said that Augusta actually told him, quote, if we were meant to have sex, the Lord would have made it enjoyable.
2: The way it should be, honestly. For sure, I
0: feel so fucking Absolutely. bad for George. Well, I feel sex, so bad for him. Of course,
1: sex should only be for procreation. And <laughs>
0: George got a goosey like
2: once every ten years.
1: Maybe.
0: Maybe. Well, Ugh. listen, we'll get into it, but I think George only ever had sex with Augusta twice. Holy fuck. And that was cool. to create Henry Gein As it and be. Ed Gein.
1: As it should be. So...
2: Right, right, of course. Of and course. honestly,
0: I saw this thing on Reddit while doing research for this for this episode, and mm. someone mentioned that it was possible that Augusta was asexual. Mm. She just yeah. didn't have any sort of sexual attraction. That's
2: the only explanation.
0: Um, well, you know, other than being beaten constantly by your father and told that sex was immoral and evil and all women were whores and harlots and unless you never had sex, then you were going to hell. Um,
2: Religion is healthy, <laughs> as you can tell.
0: But, um, and yeah, as I'm sure you can imagine life in this home with George and Augusta was not very fun. Apparently, it was a pretty regular thing for George to come home drunk and just start beating Augusta, and he would basically just open-handed slap the shit out of her mm-hmm, yeah. to the point where she would, she would be on the ground, he'd just be open-handed <laughs> slapping her, <laughs> Just, oh, this is not it funny. probably sounded like what it sounds like when you slap a, uh, a package of meat at the grocery store. <laughs> I love doing that so much. Or like a bag of rice.
1: Fact, you're going so in detail about the about, sound like, of the, the slapping. The He's not even talking about Ed yet or whatever. He's talking about his dad beating his mom. He's just like, ah, oh, it sounded like snacking <laughs> ground beef at the That's store. That's probably what it sounded like. God, I love this oh, so oh, much. But, uh, I would have PTSD for sure.
0: Yeah, oh, I for sure. I would have killed
1: some people, probably. I'm assuming that's where oh, the story goes. just wait. I'm assuming he kill some people. Just wait.
2: <laughs> You're <What>? assuming? <laughs> I think he kills at least one person. <laughs> that's oh, my bet. My bet yeah. for the story is that he kills one he person. He really does kill a lot of people. That's a weird part. Really? Right, well, yeah. Don't,
0: don't spoil it. No, we'll get, not, into it. Not, we'll get into it. Don't spoil it,
2: motherfucker. I'm not
0: <laughs> shit. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, when he was done, she. when he was done beating her and she was done screaming insults at him from the ground... Yeah. She would, he would walk away and Augusto would get down on her knees and literally pray for her husband's death.
1: Jesus Christ. I w-
0: can you imagine what that prayer sounded like?
1: Our Just, father who art in heaven. I hope my husband dies tomorrow. From please a horrible, despicable. Death. I
0: would pay to hear that.
1: Holy Mary, Mother of God, I hope my husband dies.
0: Our father. This is who so, art so in heaven. sad. Please kill my worthless piece of shit husband. Oh, this is the light part of that the
2: Catholics
1: were all about revenge, okay? I don't These know are the Lutherans. You. I don't know what are The Lutherans? The oh, Lutherans?
2: Lutherans? Oh,
1: Dude, that's man. like Catholics on steroids. You might as well crucify yourself if you commit one sin.
0: Mm-hmm. This is
1: a gang show. But
0: anyway, despite Augusta's absolute disdain for sex and complete and total hatred of her husband, she thought maybe a child would bring some joy into her life. Um, Of
2: course. That she was right.
0: Into her miserable, miserable life. So she allowed George into her bed, probably for the first time.
1: George probably forced himself in there if I take guess based off the way this guy sounds. Sounds like it wasn't exactly
0: like a consensual situation. It was like,
1: ah, oh, this is the only man who's From- ever
0: sh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I could Sorry, tell. I don't mean I don't want to insinuate anything, but like Well
0: like I honestly wouldn't be shocked because their fi- family dynamic was so fucked up. Yeah. And so violent. I mean, you know, it only only a goose didn't. For sure. It. This is horrible. But
1: well, I mean, yeah. Just wait. Yeah. Well, he's, he, obviously, he's some sort of fucked up motherfucker. I mean, we're talking listening. about it.
2: this. Is, this is fucking wild.
0: Yeah. Um, she allowed George into her bed for likely the first time and brought little Henry George Gein into the world on January 17th, 1902, which makes him a Capricorn. Hashtag Cap Squad. Hashtag Cap Squad. Ayo. <laughs> yeah, me and of Owen bastards. are Capricorns. Unfortunately, there aren't any Sagittariuses in this story. I'm so sorry. Mm.
2: I could care less.
0: They're all,
2: they're all a sham. <laughs> um, yeah. a few all liars.
0: <laughs> a few years after Henry was born, Augusta decided that she wanted to try for another kid, but she really wanted a girl this time. A girl yeah. who was free from the evil of man, the sins of man. And probably so that she could raise her to be as pure and godly as she was, obviously. Eve
1: didn't eat that apple. Yeah, no, totally not. True. Okay. Big facts.
0: she was shit out of luck and gave birth to little Edward Theodore Gein on August 27th, 1906, which makes him a Virgo, if you were curious. Very important. Very important.
1: The stars decide if you're a serial killer. Apparently (laughs) they
0: do. So the relationship (laughs) between Ed and Augusta was weird from the very beginning. Because Augusta, Augusta's goal... I'm going to keep calling her Augusta. I'm sorry. It's Augusta. It's so funny. It's, so funny. it's Augusta's. Augusta's, Augusta. Augusta.
2: The Augusta National <laughs> Golf Course. Augusta, Augusta eh? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Can you do... Who, who can do a good Wisconsin accent? I cannot.
2: Here? I can't do any accents.
1: Dude, I am I was practicing it earlier. I, shit, I'm from Ohio. I should be able to do any of Yeah, Owen's States.
0: from Ohio, so this is yeah. a little close to... Yeah, I mean, like, I can from do, from... like, a
1: minnesota but that's, like, too Canadian.
0: It's a mixture of Minnesota it's and like, Canada. It's
1: like... It's like... Shit, What were some of the words we looked up earlier?
0: It was
1: like, way, it's like,
0: way, yeah. Mean, they're like very, Jesus. they're oh, super nasally with their vowels. It's like
1: Milwaukee, Milwaukee, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like they call Sconson, Wisconsin, they just call it Sconson, bunch of idiots. It's not as pronounced they're calling them it is, it's called Sconson, it's what it is. Going I don't on, like Milwaukee, not so,
2: Florida.
0: again, Augusta's <laughs> goal for her second child never really changed, despite yeah. Ed not being born a girl. And she took Ed on as like a special project in a way to make sure that he would never grow up to be as mm. sinful and evil as every other man on the planet, yeah. especially his worthless father. Surely fair, was not more swear. evil than his father. <laughs>
1: definitely was not.
0: Oh, more. no. Right. He was definitely not as evil as every other he man. He had a
1: good upbringing. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: no. This is totally healthy. Shit,
1: anyone who's raised in Wisconsin's is pretty, just predetermined to be a fucking serial killer.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm just sure. throwing
2: that out there. I'm sorry, and, Wisconsin.
0: Well, <laughs> so, adding to the completely dysfunctional home life, Ed was very effeminate by nature, and pretty much worshipped the ground his mother walked on from the day he popped out of her pussy hole. (laughs) That's
2: my word. I love the word pussy hole.
0: His dad, George, absolutely fucking hated that about him, Um, especially since Ed was super sensitive, and he would cry at literally Mm -hmm. any form of provocation whatsoever. Well, the difference between Ed Gein and a lot of serial killers is that the psychology of how he grew up and like all that kind of shit is literally the story yeah like that is incredibly vital to the to what he did and why he did it his whole story is essentially his childhood
1: could have been fixed by a therapist is what you're saying
0: absolutely and that's really like a a big running theme in Ed Gein's story is like if if he had been born a hundred years later yeah none of this would have happened yeah Yeah. even 50 years later he was born in 1906 or something like that if he was born in like 1976 are you fine he would be fine.
1: Probably see a therapist.
0: He'd see a therapist and he would be okay. Yeah. But like, it's Whoa. just the fact, we'll get into all that. But like, yeah, it's sure. yeah, whatever. So. Keep going.
1: Sorry, <clears throat> I didn't cut you off. This is early no, you're and we're hammered. <laughs> he was
0: a, he was, Ed was a super sensitive kid and he yeah. was especially sensitive about the growth he had over his left eye, which basically gave him a lazy eye. Okay. And anytime Ooh, anyone gross. mentioned it or brought it up, he would just start fucking blubbering like a baby. Um, and if you look at Ed's childhood without knowing what was to come in his adulthood, it's honestly heartbreaking to think about like the psyche of this child and the inevitable mental health and self esteem issues that would that were just brought on yeah. into an what?
1: Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at pictures of him right now for the first time. I've never seen this guy. And like, yeah. yeah. You're right. He's got like a total yeah. lazy on. he's like, like, yeah, yeah. Like, if I was like a little kid, that'd fuck me up for sure.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure... I mean, we'll get into that too. But like, he got bullied at school for it and shit like that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I mean, just thinking about like the psyche of this poor kid who... Like, I mean, he had no fucking chance. No. He came out of the womb with no chance whatsoever. Of course. And he was brought into an environment of like violence, religious yeah. indoctrination, and isolation.
1: Guaranteed serial Very killers. Which Guaranteed is, killer yeah,
0: behavior. The perfect soup for serial killers. Insanity. Like it's the perfect recipe for it.
2: No logic.
0: Um I'm no. getting
2: depressed. Yeah. Um, shit, same. So Oh cry.
0: But like I said, Ed basically worshipped his mother. Yeah. She was his god. His actual savior. And later in life, he would describe her as pure goodness. Yeah. And would literally burst into tears anytime he was asked about her. Mm. Um, It was incredibly weird and super sad, honestly. But despite the fact that he desperately tried to please her and make her happy, he seemed to fail her at every possible opportunity. His first memory Mm. uh, was when he was very young, probably around two or three. He was playing at the top of the staircase, which who the fuck put him at the top of the staircase to play? I'm just saying, my best friend uh, had
1: a landing at the top of his staircase. Dude, we played with all the Legos up there. <laughs> Super dangerous. Your, Shit. Their
0: parents probably fucking hated you, leaving no! Legos on the stairs. they loved me. Bullshit,
1: they loved me. I stopped being friends with their kid because he was a fucking bastard, okay? okay. On Crip. <laughs>
0: so, he was playing at the, stop, at the top of the staircase. As you do. As you do. When he <laughs> lost his footing... As a child does. Mm. Um, and right as he began to fall, his mother grabbed him by the arm and yanked him up to safety, okay. where she proceeded to scream in his face oh, idiot. and shake him violently. And Ed knew that he had obviously done something horribly wrong, but couldn't figure out what it was. All he knew in that moment was that his mother had saved him.
2: Yeah. His mom saved him from gravity. That one little point. And and he's never been healthy ever since.
0: From that point on, he was pretty much entirely dependent on his mother, for she was the only one who could save him from the dangers of the world.
1: Of gravity.
0: Yeah. That was his first (laughs) memory.
1: Every kid should fall on their ass.
0: At hard. least
1: once. And, oh, I, dude, I knocked the.
2: Scripted the I
1: fucking knocked the wind out of myself falling down the stairs in my in my car, my, my childhood home, and I was like, okay, I know to to step <laughs> carefully down the yeah. stairs now.
0: Another super fucking sad story from Ed's yeah. childhood was his mother gave him some money. Yeah. He was probably about seven. And told him to walk a block down the road to buy some bread from the German bakery. Not cigarettes. Not cigarettes. Because <laughs> she didn't smoke. Remember, she didn't smoke or drink. She was straight edge. I didn't know she that. I to say, I've never heard. She, anything Yeah, about she this was guy. a. Yeah. I, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but she was stone cold sober from okay. the day she was That's born true. till the day yeah. she died. Okay. Like, she was that kind of devout. God, she was like so she was
1: like the helicopter mom. Is what you're saying?
0: Oh, I, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> say enough. Say enough. His mother gave him some money and told him to walk down the street to the German bakery to pick up some bread. Yeah. Right? Simple right. task. Any A fucking idiot could do it.
1: Dude, Germans know how to bake that bread. Oh,
0: they do. And oh. she was a German immigrant.
2: Oh, so. she knows you how know. to bake that bread. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: and somehow... Along the way, again, it was it was a block down the road. I mean, to be fair, Wisconsin blocks are like ten fucking miles. Yeah, it's but, like a
1: farm dude. Yeah. you kidding me yeah. uh,
0: I'm
1: milking well, goats for my cheese.
0: Well, this this was in La Crosse, Wisconsin. What the fuck is that, dude? It, we'll we'll get into <laughs> yeah. that too. But I'm from um, the Midwest, I don't know where the they fuck were, that is. They weren't quite that isolated yet, so okay. the block was probably about the size of a normal block. Okay, but oh, okay. Um, cool. somehow along the way, Ed misplaced the money. And when he came home crying and empty-handed and told his mother what happened, she leaned down, got real close to him, and said, you dreadful child, only a mother could love you.
2: She is a mother!
1: Yeah.
0: That's why she loves him, dude. She's her mother.
2: That's great. So yeah, super
0: healthy relationship, (laughs) super healthy environment, totally not the perfect I don't mean to laugh at
1: this. I'm just a little drunk and it's...
0: That's, really the that's the up. thing. the only way to really it's co- wild. Yeah, the only way to really cope with this story is to fucking laugh at it because it almost sounds not real. It doesn't. You know what I, mean? I
1: couldn't handle this sober. I'd be mean, sad the whole time. This is. Yeah. I handle this as a kid, up,
2: dude. i just kill myself, honestly. <laughs> like all jokes aside, this is a really dysfunctional childhood, and that's fucking well, insane. I don't
1: know much about this guy, but right off the bat, it's like your dad's. A son he of didn't a have bitch. a
0: chance. He didn't have. Your a
1: dad's a son of a bitch. Your mother's predisposed to hate you or whatever the fuck. It's like, yeah. what chance do you have in, in the late two thousand or the late 1900s society? Hey, well, early Thank 1900s. gosh she went to heaven. Early, sorry. Yeah, early 1900s yeah. society, you're definitely fucked. She definitely to. Yeah. deserves you're
2: to go to heaven, you're, obviously. Oh yeah, no, no, she's no, definitely no in
0: heaven out. for sure. It was shortly after the bread incident yeah. when Ed had, in my opinion, one of the most impactful moments of his emotional and mental development. Um, I'm going to read a snippet from De- from Harold Schechter's *Deviant*, which was my main source for this episode, mm. um, and I think perfectly describes what happened and how it went down. Okay, let me read that to you real quick. Behind the meat and grocery store was a windowless wooden outbuilding, which was which he was forbidden to enter. Mm. And, as a result, it exerted a tremendous fascination. He had seen animals being led into the rear of the shack: big-eyed heifers and grunting pigs. "'and on several occasions had heard a fearful bellowing "'coming from behind its sagging boards. "'Curiosity blazed in him. "'One day, when his parents run around, "'he went out through the back door of the grocery "'and stepped quickly into the prohibited place. "'The door was open to crack, enough for him to peer inside. "'There, hanging upside down from a chain in the ceiling, "'was a slaughtered hog. "'His father stood to one side of the animal, holding it steady, While his mother slipped a long bladed knife down the length of its belly, pulled open the flaps, reached inside, and began to work at the glistening ropes of its bowels, which slid out of the carcass into a large metal tub at her feet. Both his parents had on long leather aprons splattered with blood. He must have made some sort of noise because his mother turned completely around to look at him. For the rest of his life, he remembered the moment with an uncanny clarity. The dangling beast, its carcass split open, its guts slopping onto the ground, his mother standing beside it, blood and slime smeared down the length of her body. I mean, that's just kind of farm stuff, though. So that's a know? wholesome thing. Yeah, I mean, well, it is
1: farm stuff, that's, that's but, like... Just, well, like, but, but, concept.
0: but, 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 but... All right. It's your parents, bro. Something that I think really affected him was the fact that it was his mother who was cutting open the hog. I feel like she yeah. turned
2: around like an owl, like just her head rotated. Just her head, like the
0: well, exorcist? Like, yes. Well, it
1: reminds me specifically of the movie. I remember I was pretty young and I watched the movie. It's starring like the, whatever the fuck his name is from um, Jurassic Park and Liam Neeson, like, or not Liam Neeson, fuck, Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. That's okay. who it is. is. yeah. Yeah. Um, Event Horizon, right? Mm -hmm. And and a big part... It's a horror movie. It's a space horror movie. But a big part of that movie is like... Part of the horror part is like disemboweling, honestly. And like... Yeah, I was like a... I was pretty young. I was like 8th, 7th grade when I saw that shit. And like, you know... Yeah, it was a horror movie, whatever. I knew it wasn't real, obviously. But like... Shit, still. That's still like... I have nightmares. Yeah. I have fucking nightmares. There's something about that specifically that is... Really fucked up in my mind. That's true. And like yeah, even absolutely. that movie, like I compare other horror movies to that till this day, and I'm like, I, I wasn't I like I watch any other horror movie like the fucking like whatever that was, the haunting of Hill House or whatever that was. Yeah, the, watched, the like, horror TV show that came out. Like I watch last these year. horror TV shows or whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. It wasn't anything compared to what's his face? The friendly dinosaur guy from, from fucking Jurassic Park tearing out the organs of some poor astronaut. Like that yeah. was horrifying to me disemboweling well, is particularly barbaric and yeah like, and that'll i mean fuck
0: you up to add on to that and taking from that paragraph it, they said that ed wasn't allowed in there yeah. but yeah ed wasn't allowed in the slaughter room or slaughterhouse or whatever you shouldn't let kids so in the slaughterhouse. yeah they so they clearly had some idea that like okay maybe this shit isn't good for kids like yeah i'm gonna right. come home drunk and i'm gonna slap the shit out of augusta for yeah, six but hours. maybe
1: don't show my son the barbaric murdering of animals and living creatures, right? And the internal organs spilling out. Well, maybe the, not the
0: reason I think that is so was so impactful on him was because we'll get into this, but he did similar things to his victims for sure later on. Uh, um, but so anyway, just going back to the story. Mm. Um, for the first few years of Henry and Ed's lives, the Geens lived in La Crosse, Wisconsin, which, and the reason I'm going to get into these specifics is because I really want you to understand, like, what their lives were like back in the day. Yeah. But as of 2017, has a population of just over 51,000 people.
1: Oh my God, that's has got nothing back then. So
0: it's actually twice the size, it's almost twice the size of my hometown. Yeah. Um. And what? back when the Geens lived there, it was—it actually only—it had just under thirty thousand people. Okay. Um. So it was a decent-sized place. It, for a, which, for a
1: f- former Rust Belt. Right.
0: Exactly. I mean, thirty thousand people—that is the population of my hometown, and that's a lot of fucking people. I mean, that's
2: yeah, that's um, a fraction of my hometown. That's that's a quarter of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. I get that.
0: Well, your hometown is a fraction of thirty thousand. Your hometown yeah. is like eight thousand. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's, what what four, I'm you're yeah. that's
1: four times your hometown. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. your hometown is a quarter of. Sorry, right. I should have clarified. I'm no, you're very good. Yeah. you're good. <laughs> fair enough. Um, I, I had to think about that for a second.
0: So this was a fairly decent-sized place. Like, they weren't totally isolated at this point, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, George and Augusta owned a fairly successful grocery store when they lived there, which is where they were slaughtering their hogs and heifers and whatever. But Augusta decided that the city of La Crosse was just bursting at the seams with sin. Of course. And so... She...
1: As any big town is.
0: Right. Of
2: 30,000. 30, in 30, Wisconsin people. in 1906. In the middle of fucking Wisconsin. scam Sinners, sort of prostitutes. Right. I just um, love gangs. Gangs. Uh,
0: She She, Augusta at this point had become the head of the household. Yeah. She was the actual owner of the grocery store. And this was in the yeah. 1910s. Women didn't own anything. Nothing. They owned nothing. They couldn't so for, vote yet. No, they couldn't. And Augusta, her name was on the bill of sale. Yeah. Her name was on wow. it. And so she made the decision to move her family from La Crosse, Wisconsin, to a 195 acre farm in Plainfield, Wisconsin. Now that is a um,
1: recipe for disaster. To, yeah. <laughs> to get away from
0: all the men who drink alcohol and all the yeah. women showing their ankles and shit. Yeah, you know? in, in the
1: thirty person metropolis right. of Fuckhole, Wisconsin. <laughs> Yeah.
0: They basically just yes. lived in the fucking suburbs, and that was too sinful for her. The
1: suburbs were too much, so they moved to the fucking farmland of yeah. Wisconsin.
0: Exactly. Um, and okay. the reason I'm bringing up this next part is because, like I said, I really want you to grasp the level of isolation that the Geens experienced when they moved to Plainfield. Well, I
1: believe that's a major but, part of it. If, you're, if you grew oh, up in a big city, it's like you understand the value of human connection and then the importance of, you know, whatever. But, yeah. like, you grow up in these, like, suburban... These rural towns, you know, in these early 19-whatever, late 1900s, whatever. It's like, it's a new thing. That's a very different. That's yeah, a it totally fucks with your
0: head, dude. It, it really, really fucks with you. You see
1: all these people living in this very tightly knit society yeah. that's trying to grow. Yeah. And you're way the fuck out here in a fucking farm. Like, yeah, you're going to go crazy. Um, Makes sense.
0: But, like, the the last time the population of Plainfield was measured was in 2010. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it had just under 900 people. Oh, my
1: God. So back in... Jesus Christ. Back
0: around 1910, when they moved, or in the 1910s, which is around the time they moved there, the population was just over 700. Oh, my God. But by the 1920s, that number dropped to 580 (sighs) and never went above 700 people again until after Ed passed away in the 1980s. Jesus Christ. So... I say all of this because, again, I really want it to sink in how isolated this family was from the outside world. so depressing. This is in the 1910s and 20s when Ed was a child. So there are already very limited options for communication with others. Uh, They're on this huge fucking farm, a 200-acre farm, out in the middle of the middle of nowhere. They weren't in Plainfield. They were outside of Plainfield. Yeah. Like, because they had all this fucking land. And... Plus, Augusta took her convictions very seriously and was incredibly severe. Yeah, her religion shit, you mean? Yeah, her religion shit. was very severe with her convictions. Sure. Um, And her main motivation for moving her family into essentially just the wilderness in Wisconsin was that she was trying to shelter her boys, specifically Ed, since he was honestly her favorite, from, quote, negative outside influences. Of course. Uh, This means that Augusta really doubled down on her assertions that life outside the the Geen Farm was an evil, dreadful place full of sinners beyond salvation. Um, And she would often make her boys sit at her feet while she read to them from the book of Revelations. Jesus. The following verse. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness in her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Sometimes she would recite one specific verse from memory because it was her favorite, and it was this. The lips of a strange woman drop honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her latter end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Now, therefore, my sons, hearken unto me, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh the door of her house. For why shouldst thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman, and embrace the bosom of a stranger? What, my son, And what, O son of my womb? And what, O son of my vows? Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings.
2: Wow. So. Life and material.
0: I mean, she was very adamant that women were fucking evil. Well. She like yeah ingrained it in their fucking minds that every woman, other than their mother was going to taint them. So it yeah, was well, going to make them go to hell.
1: Yeah, my problem with that is that like she's using a Bible verse that's about really it's about, you know, just, you know, Yeah, fun- you went to
0: you went to Catholic school. What does that mean? Well
1: I went to a Catholic high school and a Catholic grade school, and I will say the Catholic high school is a lot more liberal in its mindset than you you would conventionally think. I mean it was fucking in Cleveland, Ohio. It was not exactly the most Right it wasn't exactly, you know, Lutheran Baptist ideology. It did we go to a Catholic high school? However, like Verses like that would be explained to us like you know, it's not that all women are these terrible beings and you need to be this virgin male or whatever the fuck. Right. You know she. You know she probably thought it was. It's about you know like you know the legitimate. Yeah. You know it's 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 anti like you know, don't fuck a stranger. Don't you know? Yeah. It's about you know it's really at the core that's about like you know you should be, quote unquote, fornicating. I guess with a woman that you actually care about, I guess, or love, or whatever the fuck the point is supposed to be. Yeah. But she's sort of twisted it, and, and, and to a degree, the church sort of twisted it, especially the Baptist church, sort of twisted it into a way that's very much like trust no woman, be be a virgin your whole right. life, be this and that, and it's like sure, okay, whatever, but like that's not what it meant. You know, at its core. What yeah? For fuck's sake, Jesus was hanging out with prostitutes. You know, Mary Magdalene was not you know the most holy, I guess. holy yeah. conventionally woman on the planet. Yeah, Earth. it's about you know. I guess it's about being knowledgeable about who you're being with, and then who you trust your deepest. I mean, who you are as a person. Exactly, that's yeah, what it's about. That. It's about trusting a person with your your core values is what it's really about. Honestly, in my opinion. And that's sort of what they taught us, you know, like, like the school I went to was very, you know, like, yeah, obviously it kind of, it kind of had to, you know, it was a Catholic school run by the Diocese of Cleveland, Ohio. So, like, at the end of the day, yes, they had to be like, oh, abstinence only, yeah. whatever the fuck. That's a different discussion entirely. You know, at no point did any of my religion teachers in the four years I was there, you know, none of them said, oh, don't, don't date girls. And don't it was an all boys high that. school.
0: Yeah, too. it was an all-boys
1: so, high school, too, which, like, it was cool. It was interesting. Honestly, like, you know, that's that's why till this day I say that, you know, being in college now, I say that I have I had no desire ever to be in a fraternity because I felt like for four years while I was in high school that I, I was in a fraternity. Yeah. But the way that our school was, and I feel like a lot of the all-boys schools were in, in the Northeast area, at least, you know, in the U.S. Now, I, I can't speak for the biblical schools in the South or these, you know, Bible-thumping or whatever. Different. Very different. I understand that. But especially in the midwest at least including where this guy ed was for the most part and maybe obviously yes it was different in the early 1900s and whatever but like today you know you go to one of these catholic all-boys schools or all-girls schools and like yeah they do have to tell you abstinence only whatever is the best way but like you go to a sex ed class or a health class as they call it there you know and it's like you know they talk about safe sex they talk about exactly what you'd find in a public school curriculum it's not this archaic belief in sex as some sort of a, a taboo or whatever it's a thing that they acknowledge people do they yeah. try to encourage us they they tried to encourage us to look at the whole thing through a catholic perspective obviously and i have many friends who you know still hold that belief that's like you know like and nothing against them like they they're they're still virgins or whatever the fuck but it's not because that they can't find a girl or whatever. It's because, like, they legitimately believe that if they want to be with somebody...
0: They take it seriously. They
1: take it seriously because they believe that if they want to be with somebody in that intimate way, it's because they want to feel like there is some sort of a, a higher purpose. They want to feel right. like there is a... Hi- the, 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 like it's like
0: there's meaning behind e- it.
1: They want to feel like there's meaning behind it. You right. know, This idea of meaningless sex or casual sex or whatever is a turnoff to them, not because that they're unable to attain that. They're not like they're fucking incels or whatever. The right. fuck. You know, you know, a lot of them just legitimately have this belief, you know, and many of them, I'm not even saying that all of them are super Catholic or whatever. It's just that they want to, they have this feeling in their heart, I feel like, that they want to have a deeper meaning with that kind of a connection with another human being. And ed, I think is totally legitimate. Yeah. Now. I mean,
0: Ed Gein didn't even have that. And we're going to get into now well, exactly. what was essentially the only sex ed he ever had. Yeah. Um,
1: Absence only. I'm assuming.
0: Well, listen. Just wait. Yeah, (laughs) this was around this time when they moved to Plainfield. Was when Augusta really started drilling into their minds of her sons that, like, the evils of modern women. Yeah. And at one point, she even made them promise her that they would stay virgins forever, Mm -hmm. and to just masturbate if they had to. And the way she put it was. Quote, If their lusts became too pressing to resist, even the sins of Onan were preferable to the vileness of fornication.
1: Yeah, you might as well jerk off yourself than you know, fuck a girl.
0: It's also speculated that she actually showed them how to masturbate, and it's possible that Henry and Ed were victims of sexual abuse by their mother Augusta. Wouldn't be too surprised. No one
1: just fucking turns into a killer.
0: Right, exactly. Um which I'm sure obviously did nothing but fuck them up even more when it came to sex and the way they viewed their mother, especially for Ed, since she was her, quote, favorite. Mm. Um, Now, Henry, the oldest Gein boy, apparently had some struggles accepting his mother's teachings, as I'm sure at this point he was a teenage boy. When you're going through puberty and your mother is telling you that your dick is evil... (laughs) <laughs> and it's probably hard to. I mean,
2: your dick probably, is awesome at
0: that. Point. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like confused, and it's probably hard for you to. Accept you have this that.
1: awesome thing that makes you feel great, and you want to put it in everything. You're going to hell if you yeah. embrace that. Yeah, okay. exactly.
0: Well, shit, I um, feel sure. awesome. He sure. was Henry Fuck. was actually caught a few times as a teenager trying to interact, not even like necessarily date or have so, like, sex fucking Goat or but like just what?
2: Was he trying to fuck a goat, or no, no, did no. that work? No, no, no. He was just
0: trying to interact with some of the local girls his age. Oh, that
2: seems sad. Um, that seems sad. Be
0: yeah, yeah, but his fuck. he was no match for his mother's reign of terror. Oh. Um, and he eventually resigned to a permanent state of virginity yeah. and, I guess, bachelor status, um, as did Ed, of course. But Ed had f- way fewer struggles with mm. this. Um When Ed entered school, uh, he was considered, you know, an average, if not below average student, but he was great at reading, which would become a big part of his life later on. But um, Ed's biggest struggle in school was uh, making friends. Um, Even for small town Wisconsin, he was considered strange. Mm -hmm. Um, And according to his peers, some things that he did that really weirded them out was um, he had these shifty eyes anytime he would talk to you. Um, and he had this creepy little quiet laugh, uh, that would always come out at really inappropriate times. Um, he had this, like, they would be telling a story about like, oh, this, this guy in the town had a heart attack and passed away or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he would laugh (laughs) just like that.
1: Well, like, honestly, like kids are the best signals of somebody's character because they, you know, adults have a filter. You know, like, they'll try to put on a brave face and be like, oh, this person's just a little weird. Or goofy, they want to or assume whatever. the best. They want to assume the best. They want to assume that you're normal, blah, blah, blah. But kids, you know, as harsh as they can be, you know, that's Usually get it right. That's the thing, is, like, they, they can, shockingly, I feel like, kids are very easily, and I don't mean, like, you super young kids, because, you know, right. whatever. But, like, you know, early grade school, early middle school kids, in and on, like, they're really great. I feel like of de- just just detecting.
0: They're good at clocking it.
1: A snap moment. They're good of at clocking character. crazy. Yeah. Exactly. They can detect. It. They can they can pick up when something is off. They can pick up when a kid is just not acting right. And I feel like that's like I don't know much about this whole serial killer thing or whatever. Obviously, but like I feel like that's so valuable. Is picking up when someone's young and kids are great detectors of when that. you no one look. Pays attention to
0: them. Yeah, when you look at serial killer cases like Ted Bundy too, yeah. for example, and Jeffrey Dahmer, they had very clear signs that like, well, something I mean, was off. It was when they were young. Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy they grew up in like the '60s and '70s and '80s and stuff. Well, no one gave a flying so,
1: fuck about mental health. Right.
0: Or anything. It was different. Back then, but it was even yeah. worse in the 1910s, 20s, and 30s. Oh my god! You yeah. know, especially in small town Wisconsin. Well, but yeah. He also had this slight smile that never really seemed to leave his face, um, and the way he also had this way of always seeming like he was trying to imitate the way that his peers were acting. You're talking, you
1: talking about Ed. Yeah. Ed. Yeah, okay.
0: Um, but he could never quite get it right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always a little off.
1: Trying to. Imitate exactly. That's how you know um, it's fucked up. I feel like,
0: and I think the saddest part of it all was on the rare occasion that Ed did manage to find the beginnings of a friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, the most innocent thing you can do as a kid is make a friend at school. Yeah, um, he would come home and tell his mother about it because you know it was Augusta. As she you told do her everything. You, you, yeah, well, I
1: mean, yeah, it's your mother. You tell yeah. her when you made a friend at school. Exactly. That's a normal fucking thing to do.
0: Um. And she, as soon as she heard about this, she would just start going on and on about everything wrong with his new friend and their family. Of course. And how they're all a bunch of sinners because oh, yeah. his dad did this or her mother did that. And by the end of each one of her rants, she would be screaming in his face about, again, literally the most innocent thing a kid can fucking God, do. I love which is, religion yeah, so much. which is yeah. make a fucking friend at school. Yeah. And... So the next day after this would happen, Ed would just go back to school and he would do everything he could to completely avoid that person. It's so fucking sad. And like, yeah. I and think,
1: like, if I was the other kid, I'd be like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, like right. I'd be like, I, I would, it would fuck me up as the other kid. Yeah, not even exactly. even him. You know, like, I'm like, I'm sure like your mother telling you all this wild shit, like you're so excited to me and a new friend, like you're feeling invested in this human being. Right. And your mother, this person who is like the, the, the 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 lawmaker basically right. of your life basically yeah, the yeah, judge, her. who is yeah, basically absolutely. the judge jury and executioner of your life at this point your mother is telling you that this person's basically evil and you need to avoid them like yeah. that would fuck me up like you know my mom always encouraged me to make friends like, yeah you know, I made a friend at, because that's
0: what good parents yeah I do. made a friend
1: in kindergarten I was like hey I made a friend I want to go hang out at his house sure let me show you how to get over to his house yeah. safely and shit like let that let
0: me meet their parents yeah Let's let go me hang talk out. to their parents yeah.
1: like that's what my parents would do right. you know they weren't like these like they're evil. Right. You need to like, like, I get it. Like, obviously, like, that's and that, how he grew up, and that will fuck me up.
0: Yeah, and it's really, it's fucking heartbreaking, ultimately. Like, the case of Ed Gein is so sad to me because he wasn't, like, a Ted Bundy. He wasn't, like, a Richard Ramirez where they, they wanted to be known as, like, like these really fucking powerful well, I feel like those, people. Yeah, like, like,
1: those, well, there's two differences. I feel yeah. like it's, like, there's people who are, like, born and raised in a, in a system that is... And I don't mean system like 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 the institution. Ca- I don't mean like the the institution or the capitalist market economy of America. I mean, like their parents basically raised them in a way that is it's predisposed to basically being a serial killer or right. some sort of freak, whatever the fuck. And then separately, there's also people who I feel like, you know, they had a relatively normal-ish upbringing. But something happened in that very developmental stage where they became adult. Right. That triggered some sort of thing. And I feel like that's more of like, I I don't really know. Again, I'm not the expert here. But I feel like that's more of like the Ted Bundy type case. Where it's like they became insane as an adult versus like maybe like the, the Ed Gein or the maybe Jeffrey Dahmer case where it's like.
0: They, they had person, fucked up things happen. This person then, had
1: yeah. a thing from the day they were born. Yeah, that it was really only exacerbated. Them up. And at a certain point, I empathize more with those kind of people. Yeah, because it's like, okay, well, clearly your parents and society, whatever, your surroundings fucked you up. Right. We owe you the 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 right, at least, to try to fix that. But the people who make that conscious decision to be a fucked up person after they've gone through. Mm -hmm. Adolescence—that's a different case entirely, in my mind—and that's two kind of different kinds of people. I might be wrong in that thinking, but I mean, no, I think that's that's an
0: interesting thought process. That I mean, I mean, we could go on about that for hours. But I feel like um, that's—it's
1: the most developmental points in a person's life. It's when they're becoming an adult, absolutely, separately from that, and then when they're growing up very early on, and like like between the ages of like three and seven, when you're first forming memories, like that's a very influential part of your life, and then separately when you're becoming an adult, finally. Like, yeah. those are the points in your life where if you have a fucked up early life, or separately, and or, if you have a fucked up early adult life, those are the points where you're gonna be... And we will get into that. the rest of your life. Trust I'm assuming me. that's where the story probably uh, goes, but...
0: The... Um, and Blake, I think you can kind of speak on what it was like growing up in a rural area. I mean, you're... The population of Inverness, Florida, is what, 8,000? 10,000, maybe? 10,000
2: now, yeah. Which,
0: like, again small small i mean
1: my hometowns 20000 i mean i get it my
0: hometowns yeah. 30 your home your hometowns 20 but yours is about well, a third of mine and the
1: half The difference of his. is yours is a suburb. Mine is very far away very yeah. Mine is a very su- very yeah, mine is suburb that is yeah. 20 minutes away from Cleveland, Ohio. Very rooted in the urban culture yeah. of the city. Mine not, was, yeah. It's not much different. You're, I'm sure, very Houston-centric. 30,
0: yeah, 30 to, like, f- and I grew up yeah. in Houston, too, for a lot of my life, so it wasn't yeah. just in the outside of it. It was, like, th- a yeah. maximum 45 minutes yeah. away. Blake on the other hand. hand, I'm
1: assuming you didn't feel that much
2: bond towards the city of Orlando. The nearest city was Ocala, and that was an hour away. Yeah, and I
1: don't know Yeah, I'm assuming you didn't feel shit towards the city of Orlando. Which is what? Oh, God, no. Orlando
0: and Tampa are the two closest big cities. Metropolis,
2: Tallahassee, maybe? The nearest one is Tampa. That's about two hours
0: away. Yeah. 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 And I've been to Inverness. It's a very cute city, but it's very isolated. The outside of like Inverness is like, it's a dot uh, and then surrounded by nothing on the map.
2: The best way I can explain growing up there is just kind of helpless. Yeah, like you have a feeling when you grow up there is, so, okay, well, nothing's really going to happen if I live here. So that's why, When right. I turned eighteen, I moved to a real estate Jacksonville. We're to Jacksonville, which, yeah, which is kind of a shithole in its own. <laughs> it's a fucking city, but it's still though. a
1: city, yeah,
0: It's, it's a city.
1: There. It's a real exactly. city. It's on the border with Georgia. We, we had traffic, you which had, was new to me. There's culture right. there. There's <laughs> and the culture yeah. of the city. Yeah. I should exactly also
0: mention that we all live in Austin, Texas now, which is a yeah. city that is fucking packed with people. Yes, First thing at the scenes is people. Um, so, I can't relate on any level to Ed Gein's struggle in terms of the isolation that he experienced. Yeah I, I really, yeah, I don't yeah. understand
1: that rural part. I can understand the suburban, whatever. I can understand the urban, whatever. I've lived in that but I've honestly I've never lived in a real rural community
0: and that's another big difference between Ed and some other serial killers like Ted Bundy and Richard Ramirez Richard Ramirez g- grew up in California and yeah. was constantly surrounded by people 24-7 mm-hmm. Ted Bundy as well like yes he grew up in Utah but it was like Salt Lake City yeah it's a
1: city it and it's a Seattle, suburban urban area you know
0: like he, he that, that area was very suburban if not urban um, and so Ed it was just it's so fucking sad he had no chance whatsoever. yeah
1: he grew up on a fucking farm
0: but, so, the other kids also took notice that Ed was, like I said before, extremely sensitive. And once, um, when another boy made fun of Ed's eye, he called it his, quote, saggy, baggy eye. Yeah. Uh, oh,
1: that's Ed,
0: good. Ed immediately just started crying. Like a little girl. Wow. As uh, you do. As, as one does. Sexist. Oh, Yeah. Uh. <laughs> little girls cry,
1: you tell me the little boys can't cry, Devin? They not in the 1900s, obviously. they could. Yeah, you couldn't. You had to be you a could. big man. You gotta be a man. Stuff it
2: down with Brown, am I right? after World War I, you can't cry. Stuff it down. World.
0: Also, whenever the boys <laughs> at school would be huddled together, you know, talking about sex yeah. and whatnot, um, Ed would walk over not knowing what they were talking about. And when he realized what it was, he would, his whole face would turn red and he would immediately take off and leave the group. So, yeah. Obviously, like, really unusual behavior from a teenage boy at this point. So,
1: like, you're saying specifically he couldn't handle...
0: He couldn't handle any it talks was, of it sex.
1: It was sex talk specifically. Right. Was it wasn't just, like, any other, you know, like... He could, just locker room talk.
0: Well, the thing about... Yeah, it was like Ed couldn't participate in, you know, your generic teenage boy talk, which I'm sure you can very much attest to, like, how teenage boys I would say, like, a talk. good, like,
1: two-thirds of it is, like, women and pussy. Exactly. And, like, yeah. Whatever the fuck. Right. But, like, you know, Gucci. part of that is, too, like, you know, what am I going to do with my future and... And shit like that like right. yeah it is normal
2: conversation it's and not I don't all think- yeah. I don't think Ed... Ed... Am I going to live in Plainfield for the rest of my life? Well, like, that's a major It's question. developmental. Well, yeah. I mean, of like, yeah, if you're going I to some, that.
1: like, sub- uh, super urban school, uh, I, mean, I can't test it at out. all. Absolutely. And I
0: should also mention that there were only about 15, 20 kids in Ed's entire graduating class. Yeah.
1: I had, like, yeah. 200 kids in my graduation. I had,
0: like, 500. Class. Yeah. I don't,
1: I, I can't identify with that at all. Like, like yeah, how I many would...
0: were in your graduating class? Like you 200. 200? Still, like, Blake yeah. is in a
1: pretty rural area. I was in a pretty dominantly suburban area. You were in a pretty dominantly suburban an urban area and like none of us can identify with that i don't know what it's like having a graduating high school class of 20 kids that sounds pretty fucking wild to me either Um, for me that's small yeah so
0: anyway the this pattern of abuse and indoctrination from their mother continued into their adult lives of you know henry and ed's adult lives neither of them ever moved away from the farm Mm. ever um, even even as grown men in their 30s and 40s, they would sit at their mother's feet every night to listen to her read from the Bible.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Um, and then on April 1st, 1940... George Gein passed away mm. from their father of course from years and years of just alcohol abuse and just the pure misery and anguish that just gripped his soul. Ex well, existing
1: birth. existing in the earliest 20th century, you're probably pretty pretty, oh, yeah. pretty pretty predisposed to some sort of cancer of course various disabilities, Liver kidney disease Mesothelioma from the, <laughs> from the industrial industry, various Well things. I
0: think they were pretty far from the industrial industry but it was he just man. he drank himself to death. Ultimately, That'll is what do. happened. That's yeah. one of the only ways to die in Wisconsin. Great way to die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that or like a fucking lactose. A hunting accident. Some sort of a lactose related. <laughs> Choking to <laughs> death
0: on blocks of cheese. Um, <laughs>
1: the cheese got too curdled.
0: <laughs> um, and up, after right. his death, uh, Augusta never never missed an opportunity to tell to remind her boys. That their father was a weak, worthless man, just fucked up, who went to hell and would suffer for You're all.
1: You're sad. His your dad just died. Your mom's telling you your dad. Wait, exactly. Quick question. Which is I exactly
0: what you want to hear after your father dude. passes away.
1: Holy shit. Which, I to be
0: fair, he did. He was a fucking piece of shit. He well, used to sure. beat the shit out of all of them. But yeah, like, for sure. He died, bro. Yeah, George was in his 60s when he passed away. 60s okay. or 70s. Ed was Pretty in his 30s. Thir- yeah, Ed was in his 30s, and Henry was also in his late 30s. Then he was 38 because he was four, four or five years older than Ed. So, and even in their fucking adulthood, Augusta, their mother, who, again, like you said, the the judge, jury, and executioner of their fucking life, was just telling them, your father's a worth a worthless piece of shit. That you know? would destroy me. He went to hell. Were He's...
2: they still listening for Bible verses and things like that yes. at their age? Yes. That's kind of... She
0: made them sit at her feet. In oh, he was sucking as... titties for
2: a minute. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: he, I'm sure horrible. that she had them breastfeeding till they were in till the day she fucking yeah, passed I away. I say like
1: I I mean like I knew kids who were like you know very much into the whole God is whatever yeah. you know, Scripture is 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 whatever thing and I'm sure they're still like that till this day but like they weren't literalists. They had they had grown they had evolved yeah. past the, you know, I'm going to go to hell if I have sex with the girl on my prom night. When I was a senior, I had a teacher who was very very traditionally catholic, but he grew up in an area that was very urban and he grew up around you know, a lot of people and saw a lot of the socioeconomic impacts, I guess, of being in a Rust Belt city in the late 90s, whatever. So he gave us, I guess, a perspective that was very unique in that he, he, he was one of the few religion teachers that I had that wasn't like, Jesus is the only way, God is the only way, blah, 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 blah. You know, like the Catholic religion is set. He yeah. honestly had a mindset that was a very open and welcoming of other religions that's interesting
0: and i mean it's unfortunate that ed didn't get an experience like that she would tell them like oh he was a weak fucking man and he's going to hell and he's going to burn there for all eternity which not great for you know your psyche Mm. even as an adult um when you've never had a good relationship with your father Mm. where even after his death your mother is just fucking berating. you. Yeah, well, because
1: then it's like once, once, once somebody's dead, regardless if you have a horrible relationship with your father or your mother or whoever They're fucking it is, dead. Once they're dead, it's like there's there's a part of you that's like you're you're actively doing things to try to you know either spite them or or you make it up to them, but right. the day, they're dead and they can't tell you how they feel anymore. And it's it, we it, will it's get into that too because. For sure.
0: Ed's mother passing away was probably the catalyst yeah. for all if not most of his behavior. Didn't know his I would mom say died. all. There you go. Oh, just wait. <laughs> That'll do it. So the death of the, fo- the, the the death of George Gein had pretty much zero negative effect on any member of the family. Mm. If anything, it made things better. On like a day-to-day life.
1: Yeah. Um yeah.
0: because there was one less person constantly hammering everyone else's psyche into smithereens twenty four seven, you know? Yeah. Um, the boys, you know, they just picked up what little Mm. slack their father left behind by picking up odd jobs around town. He was often asked to babysit the children of, you know, other townsfolk. Um, I don't know what would possess someone to hire the creepy, skinny, always laughing at, like, inappropriate times guy with, like, a wonky eye to babysit their fucking kids.
1: Didn't kill anyone yet.
0: But... Ed Ed was considered a bit strange by the locals, but overall they considered him to be a good neighbor. He was just quiet and weird, but he was polite. Um, He was also really reliable, you know, so like anytime anyone needed help on their farm or something, Ed would happily agree. Um, And it helped that even though he was really tall and skinny, he was actually really strong. Like the farm type of strong. I think I was talking to, to Blake about this where uh, you're also kind of like that, where you're very skinny, but very weirdly strong.
2: You could say that, yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, And speaking of his strength, uh, in 1942, Ed was still eligible for the draft, because this was in the middle of World War II. Yeah, big time,
1: definitely should get drafted to fight Nazis and Japanese imperialists, right? for sure. Um, He was
0: still (laughs) eligible for the draft as, as like a 30... Fucking thirty six, maybe thirty six year old man. But um, year was he born? Nineteen oh six, and so in nineteen forty two he would have been thirty six. Uh, he was still ad- he was still eligible for the draft, and had to travel to Milwaukee for a physical examination to determine his eligibility for the military. Milwaukee. He was rejected because of the growth on his left eye, um, mm. which slightly like impaired his vision.
2: Yeah.
0: And interestingly, this was the farthest from home he had ever been. And the only time in his life that he would ever travel so far, yeah, was Milwaukee, Wisconsin,
2: from Plainfield, from Wisconsin. Plainfield,
0: Wisconsin. Yeah,
2: wait, how do you know how far that is exactly? I like was looking at hour? the map before
0: we started. It's a couple hours. Like I think maybe a two, couple like hours. Two
2: hours. I'm not exactly sure.
0: Right yeah, go ahead Plain, and look that up. Really, would you
1: say like it was Plainfield to
0: Plainfield, Wisconsin to, to Milwaukee.
1: Milwaukee. I'm sure some idiot in Milwaukee is like, or Wisconsin's like, oh my god, idiots, it's like three hours. You don't know that? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh I god. grew up in
0: the best fucking state in everyone the United knows States, plane, Texas. Everyone
1: fucking knows where Plainfield, Wisconsin <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, growing up in Texas, a regular road trip is like 12 fucking hours, just in the state of Texas.
1: Okay. Fastest route? Two hours. Twelve minutes. Okay. The,
0: the farthest he ever went in his entire life- About two and a half was hours. Was about two and a half hours from Plainfield, Wisconsin. He never left the state Not of Wisconsin less his than entire distance, life.
1: Less than Austin to Houston.
0: Less than the distance between Austin and Houston. That was the farthest he ever went.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so Ed and Henry were similar in a lot of ways. Uh, but Henry was a bit more independent in that he actually got a job outside of the Gein farm where he was overlooking a crew of Jamaican manual laborers. Um, which Ed really admired. He thought it was like the coolest fucking thing on planet Earth, right? Um, And he really looked up to Henry in a lot of ways. But at the same time, they had one thing that they really disagreed on, which was actually incredibly important to Ed. And that was the perception that uh, they had of Augusta. And Henry was, like I said, more independent so, once he was able to actually leave the Gein household, he was able to gain some perspective. And I think he kind of started to realize that maybe maybe the things his mother was teaching him... I mean, this is a fucking 40-year-old man at this point. Maybe some of the things that his mother was teaching him weren't necessarily, uh, you know... Correct. Correct. Or... Healthy. Yeah, healthy. Um, So it was at that point when Henry kind of started to point out some of the logical fallacies in Augusta's teachings and would sometimes even openly criticize her to Ed when she was within earshot. Um, And he also made a point to question Ed and Augusta's relationship, saying that it was possible, just maybe it was possible, that they were a little too close you know, like maybe Ed sucking on Augusta's titties every night wasn't exactly the healthiest thing for a 35-year-old man to do, huh? Was he doing that? No, but probably. Okay. <laughs> you know, like there's no evidence that he did that, but it's definitely a thing that probably happened. Um, And that really got under Ed's skin. Like that really bothered him. Because as you know, Augusta was never wrong. Anyway, so <laughs> then on... On May 16th, 1944, Ed and Henry were fighting a runaway brush fire on a marshland that was near their home on their land. And, uh, which is like so Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, fighting a brush fire. So
0: Wisconsin on a marshland.
1: I've done that. Uh, yeah, I did that all the time growing up in the Midwest. You <laughs> fight a brush fire, go home.
0: So, and then shortly after, later in that evening, Ed showed up to the police station to report that he and Henry had split up when they were trying to put out the fire. And that he couldn't locate him after the fire was actually out. So the cops followed him back to the farm uh, to kind of, you know, help him out and see where he was. And interestingly enough, Ed led them directly to Henry's body. Mm-hmm. Just convenient. Cook took them right to it, you know, which the cops thought was a little weird. Like, hey, didn't you just say that you didn't know where the fuck he was? How did you just lead us directly to his body? And he was like... All Ed had to say was he just shrugged and was like, funny how that works. Killer. Yeah. That's what a killer says.
1: Killer or diddler.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, he wasn't a diddler. He was definitely diddled by his mother. Yeah. Good diddling. Um, So Henry was taken in for an autopsy where they determined the cause of death to be asphyxiation. Even though there was literally (laughs) no evidence of that whatsoever. And his head was just bashed in. (laughs) From (laughs) the
1: fire, of course. When you suffocate, your head implodes.
0: Oh my God, the fire's shooting at us. Like, that's what it was, basically. Like, it it was super fucking weird. But at the same time, no one thought that Ed was capable of that. You know, because again, Ed was five foot six, roughly. He was like a hundred fucking pounds. And no one really recognized that he had that farmer strength that we were talking about before. You know? Um, so no one, and he was also just really meek and quiet and polite. So everyone was like, ah, Ed, Eddie, good old Eddie. He's Someone just a Someone else
2: bashed his head in. Yeah. Like, it was, these the, are garbage the, cops. No
0: fire definitely bashed this guy's head in. Yeah, no, the cops in Plainfield, all two cops are fucking idiots. So the death of his brother is probably the biggest area of speculation in the case of Ed Gein. And there's like, a, there's a general consensus that he killed Henry, you know? Yeah. Like... It, like it, he never admitted to it ever even like years later when he was finally caught and all that he never admitted to killing his brother um but people are like yeah he killed I mean, his yeah. brother um it's the
1: first time hearing of it and i know that motherfucker killed his <laughs> brother <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. Anytime that anytime I hear somebody anytime I hear somebody is accused of something, I automatically assume that they're guilty. <laughs> so.
0: I mean, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what was is that from It's only sunny? sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anytime anyone's ever accused of anything, I automatically assume they're guilty.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, of course.
0: Um oh, and fun fact about Henry Gein. I looked this up personally, but if you go to findagrave.com, not sponsored. Um and you pull up Henry Gre- Henry Gein's grave, It's the only one out of all of the immediate Gein family graves where you can actually still leave flowers and comments on his grave. Um, The rest of them have been turned off because people were, like, abusing them or whatever. Uh, Like,
2: on them and shit. Yeah. Like,
0: you can leave digital flowers and digital comments or whatever on that website. And they had to turn it off for Augusta. George and Ed, because people were, like, leaving... I mean, you can't read them now, but people were leaving, like, pretty horrific fucking comments. Yeah, they're
2: horrible people. They deserve it.
0: Yeah. Um, So they had to turn it off. But Henry's the only one where you can still leave comments, and all of the comments are like, I'm so sorry that your brother murdered you. Mm. You know? Like, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, So, I just thought that was interesting. So after the mysterious death of his brother, Ed finally got... What he always wanted after all these years. He was finally alone with the love of his life, Augusta.
1: His mom?
0: His mother. His big fat German mother. She's fat? She's 300, 300 pounds. pounds. We covered dude, that, remember? I've, dude,
1: I, this, I drank a lot. I forgot <laughs> that. That's a minor detail that I forgot. Holy shit. Okay. She was like
0: Angela from The Office, but if she was. Like, schizophrenic and 300 pounds. Listen, it's
1: easy to be that heavy when you live in a city. It's hard to be that heavy when you live in the fucking farmland. Yeah,
0: it was pretty fucking intense.
1: Jesus, she and the whole pigs?
0: Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) She is a whole pig.
0: Oh, T. This didn't last for very long, though. Because shortly after Henry's death, Augusta got very sick and suffered from her first stroke. She was in and out of the hospital for a while, and Ed was finally able to have her completely under his control. This was exactly what he wanted. You know, his mother was finally dependent on him. This, you know, this is perfect. Perfect situation. Um, let me just read you the passage from the Bible that she made him read to her every night on her, like, by her bedside. Let me just read that to you really quick. O oh Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning. All the night I make my bed to swim. I don't know what that fucking means. I water my couch with my tears. Big mood. Same. <laughs> mine huh? Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth it waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. For the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. So that went on for a little while, and he would literally read that to her every fucking night, probably more times than once a day. And it went on until the winter of 1945. Mm. A week before her death, she was still recovering from her first stroke. When she and Ed went down to a neighbor Bill Smith's farm... That's not... The most generic white. Person even exists. Yeah, like Bill Smith. That's a fake name for sure. Maybe not in like 1945 Wisconsin, but that's a fake name now for sure. Good. They went to Bill Smith's farm to buy some straw, right? Which is weird because they live on a farm. There should be straw everywhere. Unless
1: they're not growing that kind of plant.
0: <laughs> they, when they got there, they found Bill on the porch beating the shit out of a dog with a big stick and arguing with a girl he'd been living with. They weren't married. Uh, They were just living together, which is obviously a giant evil fucking sin in the eyes of Augusta, right? Well, Bill ended up beating the dog to death on that porch while the woman he was living with wept at the obviously very traumatizing sight. Now, Augusta couldn't have fucking cared less about the dog. Yeah, She didn't care. What she did care about and what ended up making her go on like a three-day fucking rant and rave was the whore that he was living with. Mm. She literally ranted and raved about their disgusting sins that they were committing by living together, unwed, literally for days, for fucking days. And then she dropped dead about a week later from her second stroke. It was literally her own judgmental nature that ended up finally taking her ass out.
2: And this wretched cunt is in heaven right now? Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to believe that.
0: She she believed that she was going to heaven. I mean,
2: she's going to heaven, but, like, fuck her, dude.
0: (laughs) Let me read you Augusta's obituary real quick, because everyone in Plainfield fucking hated her. I hate her. Hated her. I mean, yeah, I hate her, and I have never even fucking met her. Mrs. Augusta Gein died at the Wild Rose Hospital on December 29th, the day after my birthday, of cerebral of a cerebral brain hemorrhage. The body was brought to the Gult Funeral Home where services were held December 31st by Reverend C.H. Weiss officiating. What? She survived by one son, Edward, who lives on the home, far- on the home farm southwest of here. It was very matter-of-fact.
1: Yeah. They, were
0: like, they weren't like, she will be missed. She was a good person. It's
1: like, this is a person who died. She had a son. He lives.
0: Yeah, she was a cunt. But yeah, everyone fucking hated her, obviously, because she was a judgmental bitch, and everyone knew it, and the only two people, or I'm sorry, the only people who showed up to her funeral were, like, a few family members, including her two brothers, who, like Henry and Ed, were also unmarried. Yeah. Which seems to be a pattern among the men in Augusta's life. They were all unmarried and literally stayed that way until the day they died, which is super fucking creepy and weird. Very strange.
2: Listen... If I had the possibility that my wife could be like this person, I won't get married either. It's not creepy. It just it makes sense. That's fair. I will not I won't want to be around that.
0: Yeah, that's fair. On the day of Augusta's funeral, Ed was absolutely inconsolable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Could not be calmed down by anybody. He was sobbing uncontrollably. His face was just covered in tears and snot and just God knows what else. Probably dirt because he was disgusting.
1: Poor heroin. Oh, God. And no, no, it was the 40s. Probably not yet. No, not Opium. yet.
0: Maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. He would never do drugs because Augusta thought they were a sin. Do
1: Catholics do drugs?
0: He was a Lutheran, do you mean Lutheran. For like the 15th time this whole episode. Okay. Do you know
1: <laughs> any
2: Christians do drugs? Sorry.
0: Yeah, but not Ed Gein. Never Ed Gein.
2: See, it doesn't matter his religion. He just wants to reflect his mother. He could care less about religion as a whole. He just wants to be like his mom. And that's a weird part of it all. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't think he's a Christian, personally.
0: He was sobbing uncontrollably, face covered in tears and snot, and he told the funeral attendees something along the lines of, she was too good. Too good for all that suffering. Which is fucking <laughs> gross. Um, and just n- not true. Um, and then when someone tried to comfort him by saying, you know, Ed, she's finally at peace, you know, she's finally where she wanted to be all these years. He said, Mm. yep, she's truly at peace. Now I'm alone. I'm truly alone in the world.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Talk to a woman, (laughs) idiot.
0: And as much as I would like to say that Ed was finally free to, like, you know, move on and, like, find a wife and lived happily ever after, the actual exact opposite of that happened Um. This is where Ed Gein's entire life started to fall apart and his simmering psychosis finally started to boil over. Hey guys, Devin here. Um, so this episode ended up being much longer than we anticipated. So I'm actually going to be cutting this episode in half and it's gonna turn into two parts. So this was part one and part two will be coming next week. Um, so thank you so much for listening. And if you liked it, please don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Deviants Podcast, on Instagram at Deviants Podcast. And you can also find me on Facebook, uh, Deviants, a true crime podcast. Um, But yeah, thanks so much. Uh, Stay safe out there. Bye.